This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. What's up, guys? Long time no talk. Uh, I took a little break from the podcasting because life is busy. Um, You make plans and God laughs, right? The universe laughs, however you want to say it. Uh, Life is good, though. Life is really good. Um, I've taken a new job. I, I guess it was a few months ago, but... Uh, it's a job that I really, really enjoy. I'm honored to be working uh, for this place. And uh, business is good. We got the Leadville 100 coming up this weekend. There is rain in the forecast, but Leadville 100 is happening no matter what. Um, yeah, it's summertime, getting outside, getting after it. And uh, life is good. I've been writing a screenplay. Uh, that's been keeping me busy, too. When do I have time? You know, in the middle of the night when I'm supposed to be sleeping. I'm writing a screenplay and I'm working with this great director. Uh, I'm really excited about it. It really has nothing to do with uh, running or endurance world. But uh, I am having a blast. Life is so good and I hope life finds you in the same position. Hope you guys are happy, healthy, and getting after it. It's summertime. Um, it is the best time in Colorado, and uh, we're out in the mountains. We're camping. We're helping people achieve their goals and dreams. Uh, yeah, I got nothing but good things to say. I got nothing, nothing but good, nothing but good. How are you guys? Um, check in with me. Let me know because I'm curious. I miss you guys, and uh, I hope I'm just not talking into a microphone and nobody's listening. Um, I got a great podcast for you today. Fisher Monahan is uh, a guy that I found online and a guy whose story I wanted to hear. He is 18 years old and he is hiking from Canada to California and not really trying to set an FKT or anything. He is just kind of hiking at his own pace, which I respect and I love. He's an artist and he is taking his time. He's not in any hurry. He's just kind of vagabonding down the country. And uh, he's stopping to journal and draw along the way. Um, He's got some great sketches on his Instagram, which is how I found him. He is at Fisher Monahan, and you should definitely check it out. Um, Talented artist, um, insightful young 18-year-old that is doing big things with his life. Uh, He's taking a little gap year between high school and college and doing this thing he's been thinking about for a long, long time. And I really respect it. And I enjoy talking with him. I do have a disclaimer for you guys. This conversation is extremely spotty. 
and it's not the best sound quality and I truly apologize but Fisher was out in the woods at camp when I talked to him so uh, we did the best we could and I ended up cutting the conversation a little bit short but it's a good conversation Uh, he is full of insights and knowledge and wisdom for his 18 year old self and I really enjoyed talking to him so please forgive the sound quality Um, I've got some great podcasts lined up so hang in there with me you guys Um, lots coming up busy summer and uh, I got some yeah I got some good ones lined up trust me so All right, Um, I am going to check in with you guys at the end of the show, see what you think, and uh, this is my man, Fisher Monahan. Most importantly, uh, the biggest question, where are you today, my man? Um, I I actually don't know where I am. I don't know the name of the place I'm at. I think I'm just, let me check my map. So I'm on the North Pacific um, in a place called Westport, okay. which is um, yeah, it's on the Olympic Peninsula, just at the like the bottom of the Pacific neck of the Olympic Peninsula. You can find it on a map, but this big city of Aberdeen is the closest okay major city to it. Yep, got it. Okay, so I kind of know where you are. That's a good point of reference. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, man, give us an intro, Fisher. Tell us who you are. Uh, well, I'm Fisher. I am, I guess, sort of a self-proclaimed writer and artist and adventurer and all those things sort of uh, mesh into one one kind of passion. Um, I, I, I come from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I was born and raised there. Um, this is sort of my first big trip away from home. I graduated high school in in June, um, and I am walking from British Oh, sorry, man. I think you might have just cut out there. You're walking from British Columbia to? Uh, hopefully California. California. Nice, yeah. man. Okay. And so I'm guessing you're like 18 years old. Yes. And living the dream. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I came across you where most people come across anybody they don't know on Instagram. And uh, I was really into uh, your drawings and it looked like your, your artwork uh, is um, sort of a reflection of, of the life you're living right now and in this big journey that you're on. And so I just had to reach out and I just wanted to hear all about it, man. I mean, why, first of all, why tell us why, why did you decide to take this big, uh, this big journey North to South? Um, well, it's sort of been the culmination of a long, I guess, philosophical journey of trying to figure life out, I guess, because, you know, I'm in those early stages of of my life right now. And I guess sort of a year ago, I started thinking about, um, I started thinking outside of the box means of alternative living, uh, how I could live in a way that makes me happy, 
as well as uh, connect to the environment around me and do things I like at the same time. So this is sort of just um, a long experiment of trying to figure out how, um, you know, trying to see what I, what I like, what I don't like, traveling, um, refining my art skills along the way, trying to just live uh, in as simple a manner as possible, see how minimalist and how simple I can live. And then I guess use it as a baseline for future projects. Nice. projects okay well oh. i am an artist and i am an adventurer and i live in colorado and i spend almost all my free time in the outdoors as well which is i think why what drew me to you and um so i'm just curious like how minimalist have you been able to live i'm trying to paint a picture of what exactly this looks like for you yeah so i mean right now from a physical perspective i've got a 45 liter uh osprey archeon backpack and that's been what i've lived out of for the past two months a uh, month and a half ish since i started this trip okay. um i have the essentials with me uh you know i've got a tent i've got a quilt i've got uh some clothing that company that that a company sent me before i came on this trip to draw for them and test out for them um and i have you know i like to say i have the essentials but i think i have a little bit less than the essentials you know uh, i started off with the basic camping gear that you would typically have thermarest uh you know fork spoon that sort of thing but then eventually uh as the trip wore out wore uh, on i started looking at my inventory and whittling down things that I, I didn't need. So now I think the biggest change is that um, I don't have a thermarest anymore. I just find a, a cushy surface that I can sleep on because the thermarest took up a lot of space in my backpack and eventually yeah. it did pop. So it did pop and I just didn't bother replacing it because the few nights, the few first nights that I tried sleeping without it, it was totally fine. So um, I don't have like an inventory list of absolutely everything I have, but I hope that paints a picture. Yeah, uh -huh. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are living out of a backpack straight up um, yeah. in Colorado. We call it dirt bagging, but uh, it's, it's said with a, a high regard and a high esteem because those are the people who are out living life. You know, those are whether you're living in your truck or you're hiking the Colorado trail, uh, those are the people that I always look to and say, man, I wish I was living their life today rather than going to work or whatever. Um, so 18 years old, it seems like the, the normal path would have been to go to college after high school. Uh, are you planning on going to, going to college? Is that something that interests you? Or, I mean, obviously this is more interesting than college at this point in your life, but um, what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I am accepted and ready to go to university in fall of 2023 uh back home in ontario where i came from this is i guess a lot of people would call it like a gap year yep. from between high school and post-secondary um, but i've planned it sort of very meticulously over a couple years as i mentioned previously it's sort of the culmination of many things so 
I planned out this year to adventure before I go to university. But while I'm doing this, I'm also sort of working freelance as an artist and I'm publishing my, well, I'm writing my Sweetgrass Chronicles, which is a little book um, on the side. And yeah, I'm just sort of refining my skills as the creative as well, simultaneously mm-hmm. with university. Nice. nice. And uh, you cut out a little bit there, but I think we caught most of it. Um, tell us about the Sweetgrass Chronicles. Um, like I said, your Instagram is a lot of artwork and you doing some drawing, but I'm curious to hear about your writing too, because I'm also a writer. It sounds like we've got a lot in common. Oh, sorry, Fish, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. I've got, I thought I'd have better service for this, but. That's okay. Um, we, can, we can try and make it work. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a, it's a mixed medium. I sort of do, I do writing and drawing and illustration together in my illustrated journal format. I mean, that's what essentially the Sweetgrass Chronicles are. They're just a collection of journal pages that I do and illustrate about my daily life and adventuring or just trying just just working through some, some thoughts in my head or mm-hmm. musing about various things I see when I'm outside. Um, they are, if I could put it in the simplest terms possible, they are Sweetgrass Chronicles are just an adventure journal. They're mm-hmm. an illustrated adventure journal. And, nice. I, and I write in them and I draw in them and they're just the... They're just my, they're just what I, they're just what I do that uh, I've just been drawn to continue doing them, continue writing in them and drawing and I self-publish them. And there's a small little audience of people who likes to read about that sort of thing. Just mindful thoughts on a page with some mindful drawings to go along with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, I really enjoyed what I saw and uh, I read a, a bunch of the different pages on your Instagram and I really enjoyed them. And it looks like your works are for sale too. And uh, I, years ago and another lifetime ago, I came out to, when I didn't live in Colorado, I came out to Colorado and hiked all the 14ers in Colorado, the 14,000 foot peaks and ended up writing a book about that as well. So, um, yeah, man, your story is just really sort of compelling to me and, uh, reminiscent of, of my past in a lot of ways. So, um, and it looks like I, I saw a tent behind you, uh, a minute ago. Do you ever think about just ditching the tent and going cowboy style, like sleeping on the ground or not yeah, going to go that far? I have thought about it. It might be something in my future. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to be as minimal as possible, uh, and this trip is just sort of figuring out what I can go without because it's like sort of a survivalist trip. So if I, if I can live without something here, I can definitely live without it back, back at home. So mm-hmm. the tent may go, but in the Pacific Northwest, it does rain a lot. So it might, mm, that's I true. might need to at least, I might need to at least keep the fly. Yeah. Or, Good call. Yeah. 
Yeah, cover. that's not a bad idea. You could use just the fly or I've seen people just go with a tarp, you know, and yeah. they just string it up and either sleep on top of it or sleep underneath it, depending on the weather. Um, yeah. But you do have a phone, right? Yeah. That's how we're communicating. Have you thought about ditching the phone at all? No. I mean, before I came on this trip, I've gone through a lot of thoughts and phases about my relationship with technology, but recently I've found it to be a pretty good tool just to share my, if, if, if nothing else, just to share what I'm doing mm-hmm. because I've, I've liked to share that and interact with the community about my artwork and my writing and what other people are doing and gain inspiration from that. So it's sort of, it's like a nice connection to have to the outside world uh, at this, at this stage in my life, yeah. at least. Yeah. And it's not, and it's nice to be able to just, you know, watch a movie on my phone every once in a while <laughs> in my tent. Right. Well, it makes sense. And what you're doing with Instagram and putting your artwork out there, you need uh, some sort of a, a phone or a device to do that. So it, it totally makes sense. Um, I'm curious what your parents think of this big adventure. Um, I, I'm guessing, uh, I don't know what your parents' situation is, but I'm guessing there has to be a little hesitation there on their part. Yeah, I think there there may have been, or if there was, it's sort of away from away from me because they've been pretty supportive of what I've been doing since I began this trip. I think okay. them and a, a lot of other adults I know or think this is a great thing that I'm doing and they've been supportive and I've heard very little apprehension towards it I mean of course people there will be some people who would be opposed to what I'm doing but I think for the most part my parents and uh, people around me adults in my life have been uh, cheering me on I guess Good. cool as they should, you know, I mean, you're old enough to make your own decisions and it sounds like you're a smart guy and you're just taking a gap year, which is well-deserved and you're living your best life, man. I, I highly support what you're doing. Um, if you don't mind, like, let's go back to your uh, upbringing. I'm curious what your upbringing was like, your childhood, were you an outdoorsy kid or what sort of brought you to this point now that you're 18 years old and you're off uh, on this big adventure? Yeah, I, I was raised rurally uh, outside, the kind of family that'll go for hikes uh, as often as they can. Um, I think that's probably got a lot to do with uh, what I'm doing now. I think, I don't know if I would be the same if I was raised in an urban environment, mm-hmm. uh, but there's really no way to know. I've been thinking about that a lot actually recently. There's no way for me to know really other than just the logical. I was raised this way, so um, that's why I'm behaving this way. There's a, there's a lot of baggage to that sort of question, but um, aside from that, I think I've always sort of struggled with this question because I'm still pretty young, so I don't have much to compare my upbringing to Mm -hmm. as I'm still exposing myself uh, to the world. But I think in my later years of teenage, 
my teen, my later teenage years, I, I uh, became more interested with being outside um, and began to go outside and seek nature more on my own without parental guidance. Okay. And that is what I can see directly led me to what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. is me taking sort of control of my interest there. Sure. Yeah. And what sort of outdoor activity were you looking for in your later teen years? Was it just going out and getting out on hikes or going to national parks or what did that look like? Um, It was pretty meditative. It wasn't really adventurous or athletic, athletically motivated in any way. It was more so I just wanted to get outside um, and as, as a means of like uh, bettering my mental health, I guess. Okay. as a means of you know teenage stresses and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and from that mindful zen headspace emerged my journaling tendency and from that my journaling tendency which is now the sweetgrass chronicles so I grew up in a rural area, so nature was just easy for me to sort of progress down this path. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess this is kind of a personal question, but is mental health something that you struggled with? You said that this was a way to sort of uh, work through some mental health issues. Um, not really. I mean, it was, I, I guess, everyone... It was just, I think, just typical teenage angst, um, existential dread about your future sort of thing. Um, You know, what am I going to do with my life? What What are my interests? Um, and it's all sort of those, those fundamental questions that a young person has to answer. So I struggled with that a little bit, um, sirs, but I'm content with that now and that I sought out in the first place. So there weren't anything with, you know, every day in a way that as most of the way, yeah, as a, I guess as a way meditation was designed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also curious, are you an active meditator? Are you sitting down and and being quiet every day when you say meditate? I mean, there's lots of different kinds of meditation. There's meditation in motion. A lot of people find it with walking. People find it with running. People find it out in nature. Um, Or are you talking about actually sitting down and getting quiet and and being still? Well, in the beginning, that's what I did. I would, you know, sit down and meditate in a traditional sort of monk monk way but um i think i should probably get back to trying to do that because recently my meditation has been more meditation in motion i've been trying to just find 
ways to meditate in everyday life, you know, mm-hmm. just noticing things around me. Um, walking, as you mentioned, is sort of a way just to get out there and practice focusing on the present and what's around you and grounding yourself in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a lot of those principles of just observing things as they are um, and meditating on the things around you are, are principles that are pretty um, prevalent in like best chronicles yeah because the concepts of just observing what is and observing what is is sort of a meditative pillar as well as uh, an artistic pillar as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so i think we've gotten a, a sort of a clear picture and and what you're doing and Man, I dig it. I'm just so jealous. Um, are you following a certain path or are you following some in someone else's footsteps or is there a trail that you're following or are you just literally out there winging it every day? No, it's vagabonding in the purest sense of the term. Uh, like vagabonding as in just traveling I don't know the I don't I don't know the definition of vagabonding. I just read the book by Rolf Potts, but I've been trying to um, sort of go about this in a very organic way. Travel, travel, just where the wind takes me. Have sort of an idea of where I'm going, so I don't get too lost, but don't try to stick too much. To or schedule because um, I feel like once I start to do that, the magic of travel begins to dissipate. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I haven't read that book. When I was out climbing the 14ers in Colorado, I kept rereading the Dharma bums by Jack Kerouac. Have you read that one? Yeah, I did read it. I think a few nice. months ago. I like, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, okay, man. So you're just going wherever the wind takes you. So it looks like you're in the woods right now. Um, what is, what does a typical day look like for you? Are you going into town to get food and then going back out into the woods to look for a place to sleep or what, uh, how does the wind blow you from, from day to day like that? Um, well, it's changed like, month and a half walking it changes a lot with the environment that I'm walking with that I'm walking through and that's the environment environment surrounding me immediately is what really dictates how my day is going to go because okay. I don't have a car to get from point A to point B. I don't have to be really cognizant of uh, my physical needs, my mental needs, and my, I guess, sort of recreational needs last. Just around where 
the nearest drinkable or filtered filterable water sources. Mm-hmm. And I'll just walk usually the night before I'll have scrolled on my map on my phone just to sort of set a general marker for like this general goal for the day. And I'll, I've early on in the trip, I said, I'll try to walk 10 kilometers a day and I've been sticking to that. So I walk 10 kilometers. If there's something cool, like if I walk through a town, I might sit down on a bench and draw stuff for a little while and continue on my way. But um, usually I'll stop walking if there's a fresh water source um, that I, that I can drink from, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, there's, there isn't always another one within walking distance for that day, um, ahead of me. So sure. water has, yeah, water has been, um, very dictator, like very, uh, influenced in, has been a big influence on my life recently but mm-hmm. anyway after that um, I go to bed pretty early I'll go to bed with the sunset I've never been a late night person but um when I'm camping, there's really no reason to stay up, to stay up later. And it's easier to go to bed than to just fiddle around with lights and stuff in the dark anyway. So, and my, in terms of eating, um, I've just been carrying simple, simple trail foods with me. Um, In the beginning, I just had, you know, dry, dry cured meats and nuts and beans and that sort of thing. And, uh, canned foods and whatnot in the beginning but eventually i just got tired of trying to do the dishes on limited water source every night and i just Mm -hmm. started eating more you know peanut dried dried fruits and that sort of thing so now i am like inadvertently vegan because i'm just eating uh, trail foods mm-hmm. and trying to exclude if I can like whittle my down with that minimalist tendency that I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Yeah. It's hard to cook burgers, uh, yeah. when you're out camping because you got to clean up the mess. You got to have a stove to do it. Um, it's easier if you can just live on cliff bars and nuts and <laughs> just keep it simple. Um, I'm just looking at your Instagram right now and I'm scrolling through pictures and I'm just seeing so much like, you know, I'm, I see, uh, it looks like a shoe or like a hiking shoe and I see a house and I'm guessing you must've stopped in front of and, and drawn, uh, a sleeping bag, a tent, um, a guy on a bike. I'm just seeing all sorts of stuff. Um, what are some of the, um, your experiences with meeting people out there, have you met a lot of friendly folks who are interested and encouraging in what you're doing or have you felt in danger at all? Or what's that been like? Well, you know, if I look at it from a surface level, uh, most of the people I met, I've met have been nice people. 
And I've been sort of surprised by that because as a Canadian coming into America, you know, you have that, you have to deal with that stereotype of Americans on a world stage of being, you know, rude and snobby and uh, self-centered. But I found that generally isn't the case with at least where I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have been pretty empathetic and um, supportive. If I, if they ask me what I'm doing and I'll tell them, they'll, you know, cheer me on as well. I've early on when I was in um, more northern Washington, north of Bellingham, sort of in farm-ish, water there was also an issue to try and source. So occasionally I had to knock on people's doors and ask to use their hose, or if they weren't home, I just, their hose. But I'd, Every I was never turned away from a single person's door that uh, that I knocked on. They always just either filled up my bottle for me at their sink, or they just let me use their hose. And they came and checked on me when I was done. Like it's been, it's been a very, it's, it was a pretty, you know, refreshing inter- human interaction to to experience that sort of generosity from people. Right. And yeah, and even in the in the cities, I've there's more of an adverse group of people and I can't interact with as many people um, because I'm moving through them so fast because I'm camping. So I got to get back to the rural, rural areas, but I generally notice the same thing with the few interactions I had uh, in cities. And then there are socioeconomic demographic te- differences from place to place that I walk between and I found that even those, you know, the differences between the affluent and the not so affluent neighborhoods I walk between, um, people have just been generally consistently good and nice to me, at least, um, walking. And maybe it's just a, maybe people, I don't know if that's just a thing. People are nice to, nice to hikers as a stereotype, but, um, I haven't had any bad interactions of people chasing me off their property with a gun or anything yet. So thumbs up. Yeah, that's refreshing. I've had a lot of folks on this podcast who have done like cycling trips across the country and a hike down the PCT or the Appalachian trail. And they've pretty much all said the same thing across the board. Like they haven't really been in danger. There's been no need to carry a weapon or anything like that. And everyone's been very, very kind to them. If they ask for help, people are usually really open armed about it and, and really want to help out. So um, it's good to hear that uh, humanity is, is not always portrayed the way it is on TV. Like there's still a lot of good people out there. Yeah. And even if they're not like, even if they're not supportive directly of what I'm doing, they're not demoralizing in it anyway. They're just the worst, the worst people I've had of just sort of a bad with sort of a bad person who wants to do harm by me, if you know what I mean. There's mm-hmm. just, there's never been, I don't think I've encountered bad people. I've just, uh, it's just either been good people or uh, sort of neutral ground people, if you know what I mean. For sure. Yeah. How long do you expect this entire adventure to take you? Do you have any idea? 
well, I've almost walked across Washington and it's been a month and a half. Um, I'm flying back home just to sort of um, regroup and uh, reflect for a little while. Uh, early September. Okay. From Portland. So I'll be in Portland, Washington in two months. Okay. And then from there, I think I'll fly. I'll either fly back out to Portland or I'll fly to a northern city in California. And I don't know which way I'll go yet, but I think the entirety of the trip will probably be around the six month mark. Okay. And why did you choose this particular route? I think I get tired of. Sorry, are you? I think oh, sorry. there's a delay here. Yeah, no, yeah, there no. is a little bit of a delay. I apologize. I'll we'll try and make this quick, but I because the connection isn't great. But I have like a few must-have questions. Like, yeah. why why did you choose this particular route rather than like hiking the PCT or the Appalachian Trail? Uh, why 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 did you choose to um, just sort of vagabond it and let the wind take you where it may? Well, I grew up in Ontario, which is very like East coasty environment. Mm -hmm. So I think I just wanted to try something new and I've always been, I've like I've seen online and I've heard the stories of the big trees on the West coast and the, mm -hmm. you know, the rocky outcroppy beaches. And I just, I just wanted to go there. I think aesthetically as well as adventurously trying something new. Mm -hmm. um, but this is also a question that I sort of been thinking about recently is, it's been like two years since I decided to do this trip. And I don't remember what that spark moment was that made me do this outside of those things I mentioned. Okay. Uh, I think I've just, maybe I just saw a lot of simple, simple living minimalist folk out here. And I thought that I'd try to meet them along, along the route. Mm -hmm. um, that hasn't really come to, fruition yet but there's still a long way to go so For right sure. now right now i think yeah i mean the motivations have changed between when i decided to take this trip and now but i think that's that's just how travel goes mm -hmm. um do you have any luxury items in your pack that uh like a book to read or something that you don't necessarily need, but something that you just want to have, like just one or two items. I mean, obviously you have a notebook and pen so you can do some yeah. sketching and, and writing. Yeah. I mean, a lot, I'd say I have more luxury items than essential items at this point. And that's okay. probably part of the reason that I decided not to do a formal PCT hike or that sort of uh, long distance hike sort of thing because I would need to be meticulously planned and I would have to forego all of those sorts of things and be dialed in on my backpack weight and um, have to plan out my next water source and track my calories you know so um, luxury items well I have my phone I have my wireless airpods Pound. 
and I don't need it, but it's good to have as a tool. Um, I have a Kindle e-reader and I have two sketchbooks, one for just sort of a pocket sketchbook to pull out if I'm on the busy, a busy street and I want to draw something and my journal, which I use for my illustrated journaling. Um, my backpack is a luxury item because it's, it's the, one of the heavier canvas Osprey makes. Okay. It's not, I think it's like five pounds. Mm. Like it's a pretty heavy backpack, but it's durable. And I was willing to forego the uh, lightweight for something that'll last me a long time and be durable in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I have this fleece sweater on, which is a heavy, big item, but I brought it with me because I think it's the only soft thing I have to rest my head on at night. And I use it, like I justify bringing it because it's multifunctional. So mm. if I'm bringing a multifunctional item, if I'm bringing a luxury item with me, I try to make sure it's got a couple of uh, functions that it can serve as. Yeah, makes sense. So do you have like just one or two sets of clothes and like you wash one set of clothes while you're wearing the other, or um, you, you said that a, a company reached out and, and donated some clothes to you? Well, it's sort of, I reached out to them. They're called Early Majority. They're a Paris-based sustainable fashion brand. And they make clothing for all that, that they make like single sets of clothing that fit all eventualities of lifestyle, you know? So you could hike and go to a formal meeting in the same outfit. So I'm really drawn to that multifunctional versatility of their clothing. And we sort of partnered up before I came on this trip and I am, they sent me some clothes and in exchange, I'm sort of reviewing them and I'm drawing pictures of them to, for them to use um, for whatever reason a company might need drawings of their clothes for marketing yeah. or, but yeah, so that's like sort of a sponsorship ambassadorship partnership that I got going on. Um, and I have a, a button up shirt lightweight shirt from them i have this fleece from them and i have a rain cape from them um, aside from that i have a t-shirt just a gray standard cotton t-shirt um, pants they're called mec rad pants they're just a lightweight mec is like the rei equivalent of um they're like a lightweight hiking do everything pants yep uh i have one i have one pair of socks that i try to wash every day or be two days in a river they're smart wool just black socks i don't know all of the details of my of my yeah. clothing and then i have a nike quick dry pair of shorts as well as my one pair of shoes which are solomon x ultra hiking shoes okay yeah. Well, it sounds like you're, you're well-equipped there. Um, are you looking for camping sites that you would have to pay for in the evening? Or are you looking for free spots to stay? Or like, for instance, where are you camping tonight? Well, I haven't paid for accommodations yet on this trip. Okay. Nice. And I, and that's been something that I think I'm going to try to see through to the end of this trip. See if I can go without paying for accommodations. Awesome. 
that means not paying for the $12 primitive campsite at a state park that it means, you know, finding a state park and then going somewhere that people aren't and pitching my one person, 18 square foot tent yep. for the night. Nice. And trying to be as stealth, stealth as possible. And sometimes <laughs> right. I don't have to be stealth because I found that if people see me where I'm not supposed to be, they generally don't care. Even mm. if it's property, I found people have been are pretty forgiving to, which I don't know if that's a stereotype thing. I'm still trying to figure that out my, myself. But right now I'm just camped in a grove of old growth pines beside the beach at a state park. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. State park. Beautiful. And did you pay to get in the state park though? Oops. Fisher, so I think. Yeah. It's, it's really, no, I mean, I, I don't have a vehicle. No. Hello. Yep. I'm here. Yep, I'm here. All right. Yeah. So I haven't had to deal with that yet either. I don't know if I'm supposed to be paying to get into the state parks. Okay. Well. No one's ever, <laughs> No one's ever confronted me. I've never, I've walked past the front gate before and waved at the people in the booth. A lot of them are, uh, a lot of state parks are just self-pay. So yep. there's no one accountable, but even when there are people there, they just don't seem to care about me. Nice. Okay, cool, man. Um, what are you eating for dinner tonight? It'll probably consist of some kidney beans. Uh, I've recently had found that I enjoy just plain uh, soaked beans more than I thought I would. Mm. And because they're a good source of protein um, and they're really cheap, I've, that's, e that's even better. So it'll be kidney beans um, that I might boil or just eat cold out of the can. Um, some tortillas, some flour tortillas. Um, I decided to go with flour tortillas instead of the cheaper corn tortillas because they fold up better in my backpack. They don't squish and turn into yep. a paste. Yep. Um, what else have I got? Every grocery stop is different for me. I just try what sparks my interest. Um, so tortillas, kidney beans, going to have to round it out with some vegetable matter somehow. So Nice. Um, I might forage for some blackberries. Uh -huh. There are a lot of blackberries here. It's blackberry season. So those have made up a good 5% of my diet since I've been in Washington. Okay. Aside from that, that'll be pretty much it. Yeah. And awesome. I'm totally good with that. Yeah, totally. No, that's great, man. Like I said, I'm very envious. Uh, to me, you are living the dream, man. Um, to to anybody who's listening to this, who might be sitting in an office cubicle, they're going to be very envious of of your lifestyle this summer, man. You're you're living living the dream, literally. You're you're doing what everyone wants to do. The name of this podcast is Do Big Things, and you're 18 years old, taking that gap year out there, getting after it. And I respect that, man. I think it's really cool. Um, if anybody's interested in your artwork, where can we find it? Uh, well, I have a website, sweetgrasschronicles.com. Okay. Where I sell, I currently sell issues two and three of my chronicles. Uh, 
they haven't sold out yet. I've just been doing limited runs. I might look into getting issue one reprinted. Um, and on sweetgrasschronicles.com, you can also get, I've got a couple of original sketches there for sale. Um, but when I get home, I think I'll update it with some more, some more artwork uh, as well. Um, you can check out my Instagram, just Fisher Monahan, um, to see to see my work if you don't want to buy it. It's just there. Yeah. A lot of it's just there. The Sweetgrass Chronicles have some exclusive content, but a lot of it is just open source on the internet. Got it. Cool. Well, listen, man, um, the connection was spotty, but this was a cool conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for a long time and just grill you and ask you all sorts of uh, tedious little questions, but I had fun chatting with you, man. Um, good luck on the rest of the journey. Uh, I'll be keeping tabs on you and, and checking out your drawings and just seeing where you're at and how things are going. And and uh, if and when you ever get settled um, and you have a really good Wi-Fi connection, hit me back and we'll do a, a longer version of this. I'd, I'd really be curious to see how the rest of the journey plays out. Yeah, for sure. I thought I was going to have, I checked my carrier's coverage map before I did this just to make sure I would have good internet. And of course, I'm supposed to have like high speed 5G connection here, but I don't. So <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, just wherever the wind blows on that particular day to, will will uh, throw off my connection. So if I do have a good connection, I'll hit you back for sure. Absolutely, man. I'd love to hear about this journey once it, once you finally close the final chapter on it, because uh, to me, it's just fascinating. Well, listen, Fisher, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Like I said, uh, people, people are going to be envious of this conversation and envious of what you're doing. And um, you may never get a chance like this in your life again. Who knows? I mean, you may have multiple chances like this, or this may be it. Who knows? Um, so live it up, yeah. man. Just, just in case it is the last one, uh, meet lots of cool people, um, have all the adventures, uh, say yes to everything. Just get out there and do it all. Yeah, I will. I'll keep that. I'll keep all those tenants in mind. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Fisher. I appreciate the conversation. Have a good uh, rest of your night, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks okay, for having we'll me. You. you got it. We'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Uh, heartfelt thank you for listening and hanging out until the end of the show. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'd like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy and aren't exactly in a position where you can afford it right now, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for up to three months. No strings attached, you guys. This is, this is really, really cool what these guys are doing. I couldn't love what they're doing anymore, in fact. Uh, I signed up. It was quick. It was easy. They matched me with a therapist that met my personal criteria, and I meet with them once a week. I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing, and we can all do this together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail. Sign up for their services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Please let them know we sent you.
We also want to thank our good friends at Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats, and who doesn't need a good hat when you're out running or on an adventure? These hats should be your go-to on your everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital Do Big Things, all caps, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at On Pace Wellness. Contact them if you need to get your nutrition on track. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, find us at big-things-crewing.com or patreon.com slash do big things. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro. Thanks for a run, homie.